There's a song that's been floating around in my subconscious for the last, I don't know, decade or so. And occasionally it bubbles up to the surface. And that's when I start humming it. And when I do that, it's only a matter of time before I start singing it. And when that happens, it's all over. That song is lodged in my head for at least the rest of the day, if not into the next. And it's called There Is a Mountain. There's a good chance you've never heard of it, but when you do, I bet you'll find yourself replaying the melody over and over and over in your head, whether you like it or not. This episode is a reminder that you are not alone, but you may have to go first. A mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is. First, there is a mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is. First, there is a mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is. First, there is a mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is. What if I told you that your life? right now is worth noticing. This is the Attention Collection. I'm Anthony Garcia. First, there is a mountain. Then there is no mountain. Then there is. Are you tracking with that? Someone actually wrote that song down, and then get this, they recorded it. They performed it in front of actual human beings. I love that. I brought this song up in a conversation not too long ago, which is not uncommon for me. And the two friends I was talking to, of course, they'd never heard the song, so I had to play them a snippet. And afterwards, we started talking about How even though this is a bizarre, obscure song, it's probably someone's favorite song. It's their classic. It's their go-to. It brought them through a rough time in their life. You know the story. And it reveals something significant to me. No matter what you're into, regardless of how odd you fear it may be, someone else out there loves it too. My thesis was confirmed Today, when I read the comments underneath a live concert recording of There Is a Mountain. Sure, there were comments like, what does this even mean? Or, that audience sure looks thrilled to be there. But there were others, like, Donovan is singing about the Buddhist concept of embodiment. Or, The chorus of this song, first there is a mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is, may sound incomprehensible or silly, but the lines are a Zen saying Donovan borrowed and which have a meaning. The lines are intended to succinctly describe three stages of Zen. The comment continues, but I'll stop there. This song, believe it or not, even pops up in Stephen King's time travel novel, 11-22-63. Here's the line. Because there was no step, a snatch of some old pop song drifted through my head. First, there is a mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is. 
you don't believe me, it's on page 41 of that book. Check it out. Now listen, I'm not convinced this song has some deep spiritual meaning. For all I know, it may just be the result of one too many mushrooms. But it doesn't really matter, does it? In fact, is there a difference between deep spiritual meaning and one too many mushrooms? That's for another podcast. Here's the truth. There are people out there mining this song for gold. When Donovan went out on a limb and put this song out there in 1967, it didn't melt the charts, it didn't blast them to superstardom, but there's a small group of people enjoying it even to this day. I don't know, perhaps you are one now. If you ever feel like you're living on the fringes, like you're out there somewhere, relax, because that's exactly the right place to be. In 1969, just two years after Donovan released your new favorite song, six social outcasts, essentially strangers, sat around a kitchen table and dreamed up a gathering for people like them, sci-fi enthusiasts and comic book geeks. And what started as a fringe event for teenage misfits became arguably one of the most influential annual events in the country. These days, Comic-Con hosts around 300,000 raving fans a year. It has shaped the entertainment industry in incredible ways. It's a pop culture bellwether. And that's not too bad for a bunch of people running around dressed like superheroes and goblins. Sometimes, I think all of us struggle with this feeling of being alone. We think we're the only ones who think a certain way or feel a certain way. We think, even subtly, that no one really understands. We worry, most days, that if people saw the real us, they wouldn't stick around. And maybe this feeling isn't on the surface at all times, but it shows up in the ways that we hide. It shows up in the comments that we leave out. It shows up in the jokes that we laugh at that we really don't think are funny, and it shows up when we don't laugh, when we think something is funny. The truth is, though, we aren't alone. The trouble is, we may have to go first. We may have to put ourselves out there and risk being judged or misunderstood. San Diego Comic Con didn't just burst on the scene as a cultural explosion. It started as a fringe group of teenagers saying to one another, hey, I see you. And now, go ahead, Google San Diego Comic Con and try to get a ticket to the event. This year, they're celebrating five decades as an organization. 50 years. I mean, what a year to go. Unfortunately, you won't be able to get in because the tickets are sold out. And the convention isn't even until July. But the truth is most of those tickets were probably sold at last year's convention. It started on the fringes with people laughing at these strangely dressed, overly passionate fans. And now there's probably still people laughing, but they have to do so 
from outside looking in because it's sold out. So if we believe this, the question shifts from, am I alone, to where are the others, as Seth Godin likes to say. And here is where the internet can actually be a particularly helpful place. Because that Google search bar knows us arguably better than anyone else. That search bar knows our concerns. It knows what scares us. It knows what interests us. It knows what excites us. And it knows what terrifies us. In fact, you just start to type and it will read your mind. And I experimented with this. I wanted to take what popped up in my head as the most obscure thing to search for at the moment. And I don't know where it came from, but I landed on belly button lint sculptures. So I typed in belly button lint and with just the S of the word sculptures, Google finished it for me. And I was blown away and simultaneously expected that to happen. And so I clicked on belly button lint sculptures as the search option and an amazing amount of things popped up. And so I followed a link to a blog and this blog features an artist who makes things out of human fingernails and toenails and yes, you guessed it, belly button lint. This is what this artist has to say about her work. My work tends to shock most people, and I get all sorts of comments, positive and negative. Initially, a lot of people are frightened or grossed out by my work. Nine out of ten people walk away in disbelief. A few minutes later, after it all sets in, the same people will return, dragging friends and family behind them saying, look at this woman's crazy art. I figured that although everyone has their opinion about my work, unusual, innovative, interesting, gross, disgusting, etc., we can all agree on one thing. It is a little crazy. So not only was I not the only one who's ever searched belly button lint sculpture, there's actually a human being, and probably more, I didn't take the time to thoroughly research, who's out there making belly button lint bears. And she put the images online and there's these little jars and in the jars are suspended these cute little bears made entirely out of her boyfriend's belly button lint. I'm not saying you're a belly button lint enthusiast, nor should you be. But if you were, there's someone out there for you. This woman, Rachel Betty Case, has received hate mail. She's been called a weirdo. She's had people walk up and say, your art is disgusting and you are disgusting. But because she put herself out there, she's also been featured in magazines. She's been on television. She's been on articles. And now she's on the Attention Collection podcast. And it strikes me that this real-life example of putting yourself out there also ties into a metaphor. Think about belly button lint for a moment, if you will. It's something that 
most, if not all of us, deal with, and yet we never talk about, something we dispose of, something that probably even repulses us, even though it came from us. And yet this woman takes this thing and puts it on full display. And not only does she put it on full display, she embellishes it. She elevates it. She turns it into a kind of performance art, and you can actually purchase it and put it on your shelf. And I think on some level, that's what life should be about. Yes, we can hide away our quirks and flaws and our unique interests and the things that fire us up and the things that make us sad. We can tuck those things away, but when we do so, we rob other people of getting to know the real us. Because we're all unique, and yet we're more similar than we are different. Why do we hide that? When we stop hiding that, we have an opportunity, though it may take time, to find the others. I'm reminded of a poem from the late Shel Silverstein called Masks. It goes like this. She had blue skin, and so did he. He kept it hid, and so did she. They searched for blue their whole life through, then passed right by and never knew. The stuff underneath the mask that we're so busy hiding, that's the stuff. That's the essence of what makes us amazing. When we hide that, we make it impossible to truly connect with other people. And connection is what human beings long for. It's just as important to our well-being as food and water. And the truth of the matter is, your imperfect, often contradictory, and yet incredibly beautiful life is worth noticing. So don't hold it back from others as risky as that proposition may be. It all happens in the art of paying attention. And speaking of obscure things, if you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone. Don't hide it. And leave a five-star raving review on Apple Podcasts because it helps other people find it. So find the others. We're on social media if you want to connect there. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. I would love to continue this conversation. Until next time.